today is today's daf is actually going to be that sum above 66 and today is the 32nd day of the Eimer Yud Zion Iyar May 11th and here we are in the virtual Hollywood Shtibo Dafyami Le'ev Nishmas should have an aliyah. We're really starting from the Mishnah on Samachim Bay's 65B, the bottom line, almost like a sad in a way. As we're discussing, somebody who lost a limb, lost their foot or feet. And we shall uh, shall soon see all the details of that. Says the Mishnah, Akita Yoitza Bekav Shalai, Diver Rabbi Meir. So Rabbi Meir holds that somebody whose leg was off, they lost their leg or their foot, can walk out with their leg, with their peg, or uh, they, um, as she says, the Minal Didehu, that is his shoe. So really talking about something that touches the ground and functions as his foot. Rabbi however, did not allow this person to walk in a public domain on Shabbos with this uh, aesthetic. Rabbi did not... Uh, did not allow the person to wear it on Shabbos. Furthermore, the Gemara describes that if this uh, prosthetic had on it a soft pad, a place to put padding, then it's considered a vessel for tumentary purposes. Mukhais shalai mayin madras. If what are smukhais? So lost both legs, Rashi. He lost both legs. Um, so th- this was what, the prosthetic that uh, were made for him, like a chair, almost like a wheelchair, except I think it was really attached, like strapped to him. Tameyin, madras. Even yeah, the tamay, uh, but whatever he uses, that, that item that he uses to support himself, to walk around, becomes a higher level of tukah from the measures. The Yitzvah be Shabbos, go out with it on Shabbos. And it is not considered, uh, he can, it is not considered um, to uh, like shoes that you have to remove it. Uh, it, uh, when walking into Azara. Uh, that's going back on the supports, on the prosthetics. But the chair, like his wheelchair, interesting that we would look at his wheelchair as if it was uh, um as if they, they're like his shoes, since he has no legs, 
therefore, they're like a shoes and can't walk on in the in, into the base of Mikdash. Look, Tamin, so it's not a regular wheelchair that a person who can walk would use. It's more that it's it be it's like a pathetic chair. Uh, that's my take on it. Look, Tamin, which we will find out in the Gemara what that really means. Tahir and Vein we said it's Tahar and uh, and you, you can't walk into a Shusarab into a public domain on Shabbos with them. So um, Rashi it says kind of two types of wheelchairs in our Mishnah. Uh, and uh, wheelchair is not really the right word. So one of them, but somebody who cannot walk at all, they both their legs amputated, both their feet amputated. Um, so what they sit in, um, what they sit in is considered to be a, a shoe, so to speak, because that's what helps them travel. You wouldn't be able to wear them into that summer. It's very interesting. Um, that is the Mishnah. So we have this dispute between Rav and Rameyer and Rameyer beginning of the Mishnah, that uh, Mayor seems to be more lenient than Yesi when it comes to wearing prosthetics on Shabbos. The Rabbi asked this uh, to, to further explain this Mishnah. As we started off with this dispute uh, between Rameyer and Rabiasi, and it doesn't really, um, and it's not really much, it doesn't continue regarding that dispute. The rest of the is on to other cases. Furthermore, challenging the, the, the court of Krishna as to who said what. So Nachman said to him, I don't know the origins of this Mishnah. Perhaps that, uh, and perhaps that really they're switched around. There's some question, it's a funny thing to ask, but it seems like there's a possibility that Rabbi knew that it couldn't have been Rabbi being the Mach, the mayor being the lenient one. And therefore, he asked Nachman clarify where the origins of this Tana and this mission are. And Nachman didn't know. Says the Gemara, uh, eight lines down. What the halacha? Like with Reb or with Reb Meir? Can somebody who's uh, can somebody go out with a prophetic Shabbos? Somebody lost a limb. And the answer might even know the halacha. I don't know whether the halakha is like Reb Meir or Reb Itmar Amar Shmuel Ein Hakita Ein Hakita Amar Huna Ein Hakita brings down both from Shmuel and Reb Huna Ein Hakita that not go out on Shabbos. 
So I will also rule that that is how to read our Mishnah, when in fact our Mishnah really starts off. If you go back and look at the first line, line of the Mishnah, so they want to switch it to that a amputee may not go out with his prosthetic. It seems like they switched it around um, according to a mayor, and Yaisi is the one who uh, did you not hear what was put in front of Rav in 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 a small house in a, a small room in the house of Rav? They taught as follows: they talk like you want to reinterpret our Mishnah. That Rameyer is the one who's being stringent, and Rabbi is the one who uh, who's being lenient. And Rav signaled to them, it was in Rav's house that this discussion was taking place, and Rav signaled to them to flip it around that Rameyer is the lenient one and Rabbi is the stringent. Um, Reb Nachman by Yitzchak and Reb Nachman by Yitzchak gave us this The way to remember who holds what is Reb Yitzchak who has a Samach in his name. Also, the word Aser has a Samach in it. So, line up the two Samach sounds, Reb and Aser, and you'll always remember that Reb is the one who is uh, Machmer. Shmuel and Shmuel as well was uh, retracted from his attempt to reverse the teaching of the Mishnah as we have it. Um, the Tanan, as we learned in the Mishnah, the act which frees a woman who died without children from marrying her husband brother and allows her to marry whoever he wants. So it requires chalitza. And the chalitza b'sadl she'en shalai, if she did the chalitza shoe that wasn't really belonging to her brother-in-law, she removes this shoe from her brother-in-law, b'sadl shal eitz, or a wooden sandal, or shal smol b'yamin, or if it was, the shoe was on the wrong foot, chalitza sheira. He said the chalitza is kasher, and we brought a support to who is the author of that Mishnah from our Mishnah as a way of saying that the one who uh, considers a wooden shoe, as the Chalitza is considered Kasha, even if it was done with a wooden shoe, to be the opinion of Rabbi Meir. As Rabbi Meir is the one who learns that a wooden prosthetic could be treated like a shoe in 
commissioner and therefore it's not considered as if he's carrying something other than a, a, a shoe, which he's aware. After Rav Huna Hadabay and Rav Huna, not only did Shmuel retract after hearing Rav Huna as well. As we learned in a Mishnah, in a, in a Brisa, two of the uh, plasterers, somebody, I guess so they would work in a room and they would plaster, uh, it, it, it seems like the sandal could either be, uh, you could either, you, you can either wear it as a shoe or use it, use it as a tool. Um, but leather would get ruined their working materials. So they would walk out of the area where they were plastering with this cover over their feet. Uh, and we learned Sandal Shosayadin, which was made out of wood, the plasterer's tool, Tame Midras, would become a primary barrier of Toma. And it's considered a shoe for Chalitza purposes. That was Rabbi Akiva's teaching. And the Chachamim, though, uh, did not agree with him. Says the Gemara, didn't we learn in a Brisa that the Chachamim agreed with him? Now, if you look in the Agor Sagra, change it to Vatnan. We heard Vatanya is Haidlai Amar Huna Man Haidlai Reb Meir Man Loy Haidlai Reb Yisi. Now that Mishnah, Reb Huna himself explained that the. Uh, that the Reb Meir agreed with the Chachamim that even though it's a funny thing to call a shoe, it's really a tool of a plasterer, yet it has the status of a shoe. And they agreed to the Reb Meir. Reb Yaisi did not. So it's clearly that Reb held that Reb Meir was the one who was lenient when it comes to what's called a shoe. And our Mishnah, both according to Reb Huna and as we previously mentioned, according and according to Shmuel, is clearly uh, is clearly all in the opinion that Reb Meir is the leading one. Mother shoe is on the other foot. Um, ah, says the Gemara. So I have two different gears over here. Um, fancy Gemara. This is Rav Yosef and who. Agree. Who was the rabbanon who didn't agree with Rabbi Akiva that this sandal shall sayadin, this tool that's worn by the plasterers, is not considered a shoe? Um, says the Gemara, Rabbi Yechanan ben Nuri. It's Rabbi Yechanan ben Nuri. The Tanan, Rabbi Yechanan, a kavera shall catch, which is by fair, shall call him. If you have a, uh, if you have a uh, straw chest or shveifer shalkanim, a tube made out of reed, they're not real strong materials, and yet still Rabbi Kiva Matami, Rabbi Kiva holds they have a status of a full vessel. Rabbi Yechon Ben Nuri and Rabbi Yechon Ben Nuri says that no, they're tar. I guess he holds this is not a regular, typical way of building cake. You don't build vessels from straw 
or reeds. And so we see that it's Rabbi Yechren ben Nuri who takes a more stringent approach as to what is considered a real vessel. And if you have a shoe, which is made out of something which was not ideal for a shoe, such as a prosthetic or a, uh, or, uh, a wood, etc., or what the plasterer used his tool to uh, cover his leather shoe, that's just uh, that's just a shoe made a cover, like galoshes, right? Like uh, good old rubbers, galoshes. Therefore, holes, those are not considered vessels. Oh my my, let's reanalyze that statement. The Gemara says, how can you tell me that the, the shoe that was made for the, how could you tell me that the shoe that was made for the plaster uh, is considered a regular shoe and should be considered a to the fullest extent, it should be the highest level. They're really not meant for walking, they're really protecting the shoe. Acha explained, end of the day, the plaster leaves the work site where he's putting on plaster. He doesn't want his leather shoes to be ruined there. And uh, at that moment, when he's there, he uh, definitely, he definitely uh, wears them out of that work site all the way till he gets home. Since he wears them till he gets home, it's considered a shoe. And that is the final explanation that Rameyer ultimately is the one that we find is always lenient when it comes to what is called a shoe. Gemara, let's go back and analyze the statement in the mission of And if it had a place to put in items, so then we said that it's considered Tame. So we're talking about uh, a, a prosthetic that it's attached to the stump of a leg. And he would, uh, he would put uh, a pad there for, uh, I guess, for the stump to not it, it hit so much when he walked. And if it had such a pouch, such a pocket for padding, then that prosthetic becomes more than just a piece of wood, but it becomes an actual cave. And it can become tummy. What level of tumba would it rise to? Uh, it would be considered tummy mace if the person was. Uh, if the person was uh, was using it, the 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 was his love, for example. So then the actual thump would be one level down, would not be coming. Rav disagreed. After that it would in fact become the highest level of tama, and that it could even spread tama like a mace. Says the Gemara. Where do I know this from? I know this from other cases. A galosh katan, 
a wagon of a small child. Now, it doesn't really mean a wagon. It's really talking, Rashi said, Rashi said, like a toy wagon. But I saw in the shot that it was really a Golish I think Tysus says that that doesn't make sense. Um, that's not a, that's not a, uh, Tysus says that it's meant to, it's a walker, like I forgot what they call You get for a little kid uh, around while he learns how to walk, like, uh, you know, um, a cart, something how to walk. And therefore, it's a higher level of Tomei So if the Mishra teaches you things that you lean on entirely to walk, then uh, it becomes, it has a level of that it can distribute Toma in a higher fashion because you use them to walk. So the same thing should be true of a prosthetic. Abaya says this difference. So I said over here, um, you don't lean all your weight. At the end of the day, it's only one of two legs, and he's not leaning all his weight. Whereas a child that's learning how to walk leans all their weight onto this walker, and therefore it has a higher level of toma. So Abaya said, what's my source? The stick that an elderly person will use, a cane, to walk around, is tar miklop. Does not become tame, it's just considered a, uh, a stick and it doesn't have any special Haley designation. It's not considered like a real vessel. It's just a branch. Rabbi says, Hasam, what's different? What's different over there? Hasam, a person doesn't actually use it like What's the difference between, let's say, a crutch and a cane? That the cane is used just to steady your gait, steady yourself while you're walking. But over here, it's to uh, a prosthetic is used to completely support the person who's an amputee, and therefore it should have the full status of Toma. Says the Gemara, Tanakh 66b, second line down. Mayan Medrash, Behem the Shabbos, Behem, sorry. So one of the that we taught in our Mishnah was about a chair. If somebody doesn't have any legs whatsoever and they strap a chair to them to get around, so we said that it's a tummy and you can't use it on Shabbos, can't walk around with it on Shabbos, which is not so simple to understand uh, why. And, uh, and you can't use it to walk into the Hazara with it as it's considered like his shoes. Says the Gemara, Tani Tani They taught in front of Rabbi that a, a person who lost his legs may in fact come into the Mikdash with this chair prosthetic strapped to them. So Rabbi wasn't happy. Rabbi said, I consider 
to be a complete uh, shoot that as um, uh, I could, anything which supports a person to walk has the status of a shoe, and therefore a woman may untie it from her brother-in-law to make it considered like uh, to make it considered like a good mechitza. And you're telling me that you can walk into the Azara, walk in the Bishamikdash, and we know that a person's not allowed to walk around in the Azara and in the Bishamikdash with shoes on. Contradicting me in such an open fashion. Tani ain't a man like Azara. In fact, the Tana taught, okay, you cannot walk in with it to the Azara, like Rabbi Yechon. My Lukatman, what's this Lukatman, 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 that we explained the Mishnah without really mentioning it, we didn't explain what it is. Amrabavo explained that it's a wooden toy in the shape of a duck. Um, Rashi says, Venera Kamisha Rechavalav. Uh, it looks like you're riding on it, so it's some sort of uh, some sort of stuffed animal almost. Rava bar Papa Amr Kashiri. Rava explained that something slightly different, that they're not uh, maybe they still use as a toy, but it's stilts. The other shot is that it means it's stilts to walk around, and that the person who wants to walk uh, high through mud. It seems like there was at one point a real purpose to stilts. Rabbi Papa Rabbi Kashiri, Rabbi Baruchuna Amar like masks, like Purim masks. Rashi explains on the last wide line on top. Kamusa and Eksheres are the parts of It's meant to frighten little children. Some sort of mask. These are things that we said wear on Shabbos in a Rishut Says the Mishnah, first one line of the Gemara, Habonim Yaitzim Biksharim Ubeinei Melachim Bezoigim Chaladim Elashadibu Chachamim Bahava. The sons walk out with knots, uh, and, and we'll see in the in the Torah what the explanation is, what type of knots we're talking about. Sons of kings can walk out with bells. It really is not restricted to sons or kings, but it's just that's who would typically wear it. So therefore, the Mishnah talk. Uh, therefore, we talked about it in those terms. Says the Gemara, what are we talking about? My Yehuda. What are we talking about? Was talking about the knots that were uh, It's called. Um, it was some sort of to tie something in a knot and uh, tie it to a person. Rashi says, I don't know what uh, what it was used to hear, but if you tied something onto you as a then it's possible to walk out with it on Shabbos. We're going to see this Gemara uh, talks a lot about very interesting Hamudic era medicine.
My mother told me shared some of the uh, some of the wisdom uh, from his mother about this plant that they would tie to a person to heal them. Um, three of them hold, stop the illness. Five of them uh, can can cure a person, and seven of them I feel look help even for sorcery and witchcraft. So Achabai Yaakov said this cure of tying a plant to a person only worked if the person did not see the sun, the moon, the rain, the sound of iron, the sound of a rooster, and uh, the sound of a black. So now, the uh, sound of a uh, nigri. Uh, nigri, I thought it was a black, but it could be nigri means the the the, the uh, steps of like a, uh, somebody use footsteps. So it turns out that this cure has a lot of limitations. So Nachum asked the following: says, What type of nafal poisa bebira? Sorry, why, what's the fuah of this medicine if you really uh, don't have a way, you really don't have a way of using it as you need to be able not to see so many things, it's almost inevitable that, uh, it's almost inevitable that it won't work. You're going to be, you're going to be exposed to one of these things. So if you have a medicine which is too hard to really take away, it's also not such a help. Says the Gemara, my area bonding, why did the Mishnah raise these restrictions of what you're allowed to carry on Shabbos? Because so girls can wear these things on Shabbos. My area, and why did we say my area katana feel good. We didn't restrict it to katana, but why does it talk about sons? It should say just people. Ella Ella Sharon. So what are these knots? Kihada. So you argue with Abaye. Kihada. Amra Avin Baravuna. Amra Kavuria Ben Sheish Kagur. Alavim Noita Rutsua Meminal Sheyamin. Bekoshelai Besmailai. Since it doesn't refer to a medicine, it was referring to a medicine. The language would be the language would be not it would be unnecessary to write it in the Mishnah as these are things which a son, a small, uh, a child, a son can go out with. Would have written it as these are things anybody can go out with on Shabbos if it's just a regular refuah. Uh, so rather it says that, uh, it must. Nachman by Yitzchak says it must. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah. Yitzchak says that it's like what Huna was talking about. A small son who 
attached to his father, but the father must leave the house, and the son will be very sad. He's going to miss his father. They asked, he takes out his right shoelace, and he ties it like a bracelet, I guess, around his son's left arm as a reminder that his father loves him and he'll be able to hold on to that. And the same is tefillin, just like you bind a strap around your left hand. But if you switch it and you take the left shoelace on the right hand, then you're already bringing your son to a sakana. So you have to make sure to remember this skula exactly as it brought down here, a strap from the right shoe on the left uh, on the left hand. The Gemara now gets into other types of refuas on Shabbos. Omer Oven Baravhuna Amar of Kama Baguria. Sechufe kise kasa kaisa tabure bishapta shapedam. That if you take as a way of healing a person, take a steaming hot cup and put it um, on top of the navel, on top of the belly button. Somebody who has a stomach virus, a stomach ache, uh, it will uh, it will heal the stomach, and that's an acceptable cure on Shabbos. Cure of salt and oil that it will be permitted to put on a person on Shabbos. So these are very powerful medicines that we do all the time, I'm sure. Uh, they would um, use it as a, they would use it if somebody had a hangover, if somebody was still drunk, they got drunk on the house of Rav one time and the house of Rebchia, and uh, they brought, he brought oil and salt to rub them onto their, uh, the palms and their stomachs and their feet. And they would say at the time that they did this, just as this oil is tzal, it's clear, let the wine of so-and-so clear up. So it was used as to get rid of uh, a hangover or alcohol poisoning, perhaps. And if... And uh, if he didn't have oil and salt, or it didn't work, so then he would bring the uh, donna, what was used to barrels to seal barrels, the shirley the maya, water, the The same way this uh, seals the barrel, and it's clear, let it clear the wine. Uh, of this person. So these were uh, her secrets to get rid of a hangover to bring over oil and salt and rub it in the palms and the feet and say, let it 
clear away the drunkenness. Uh, Somebody had a problem with their neck. If their neck was hurting and it was, or it was displaced, so they would put some sort of a brace on the neck to, to reshape it or correct it on Shabbos and it was permitted. Another uh, medicine we allow on Shabbos was that uh, if a child, a baby was born on Shabbos, they would uh, luff if they would write, uh, wrap it tightly and uh, swaddle the baby. To, uh, I guess it was uh, to, to make the baby's limbs form correctly right after childbirth. And uh, I, I don't think that's what we swaddle for. We swaddle the baby, so it should be uh, comfortable. But I guess there's some form of health benefit as well for the baby in swaddling. I think here we're talking about specifically where it was uh, done to correct something. Papa Masni Bonin, Masni Ben. If Papa thought uh, two halachas and therefore Bonin, it was very toward one halach. If Papa Masni Bonin, which is by Masni Oven Baruna, the Oven Baruna. The Gemara says like this: If Papa taught us two halachas, taught us one halacha. If Papa taught us the two halachas from Avin Barhuna, which we just said that you're allowed to talk and swaddle a baby, he taught us one halacha regarding a child on Shabbos. And the first it was taught in the name of Avon Bahuna, and the second was taught in the name of Rabba Bahana. The Amarabba Bahana, the One may swaddle a baby Shabbos as a cure. Amarabaye. Bayu now continues with teachings from the woman who raised him. Amrali Aim. My, my mother taught how minyane b'shema de ima b'chol kitri b'smoila. Abaya taught again. Amr Abaya, Amrli aim how minyane b'shema de ima b'chol kitri b'smoila. All um. All these, me- I don't know exactly what to call them, if they're remedies, uh, but I guess they were, they, they were medicines, they were remedies. remedies. Um, you have to, you have to uh, repeat over these chants or whatever they say when they would do these remedies in the name of the mother, and all these things that we said you hang from the, from the person, you uh, hang it, spoiler, on the left. <laughs> and 
and he's furthermore taught in the name of his mother all these whisperings uh, that it, in uh, he, I guess they would have a tradition on every remedy how many times you have to whisper some sukkim or chant together with the name of the mother of the person. So if it doesn't, if the if the instructions from the doctor, from the pharmacist, did not come with instructions how many times to chant, chant, 21 times was the default. It gets even more interesting. That a person can go out with this the stone, which was considered a healing uh, uh, stone. Rashi explains that it was to prevent miscarriages. And it was a stone that was known to have the ability that if a woman wore it, it saved her from miscarriage. So she can wear it on Shabbos. And uh, the mayor said not only that actual Evan Takuma, even if there's a stone that's the same weight that has also, I guess, shivas to prevent miscarriages, is permitted to be worn on Shabbos. The lay, the lay, sorry, shema, and not only in a case where you're worried about a miscarriage, you want to prevent the miscarriage, but even if, even if you're uh, simply doing it out of an abundance of precaution, uh, even out of an abundance of precaution, still she can wear it even in the public domain on Shabbos. And even if she's not pregnant yet, and even if she may become pregnant, worry that if she becomes pregnant and then she'll miscarry, it's permitted. Uh, this uh, this that we said, that the weight of the item can also be worn is only if you found a rock that corresponds to the uh, to the weight of the Evan It can't be that you uh, it can't be something which you cut down to weigh the same amount. It has to be a stone which naturally weighed the same amount as the Evan as the Evan Tukuma. Says the Gemara. Amar boyabai mishko the mishko mai. If you have a weight, you only know that it's the same size as the Tukuma because you measured it another weight which was measured against an Evan Tukuma. Is that also an acceptable healing stone to be worn on Shabbat? Hey, says Gemara, we don't have an answer for that. This Gitarat's Kushus Gemara's. Correct the Gemara. Sorry, Amr Abai continues with different remedies. So Abaya said, I have another uh, very interesting remedy from uh, my mother. If somebody has a fever of one day, so they should take a uh, brand new dinner coin 
immerse it into the salt, uh, salt water, the pool of salt, and weigh its weight, uh, take its weight salt from the, I guess, from the salt pools and put the salt by the uh, opening of his shirt, of his neck, by his neck, with a string of hair. And if he can't, if it doesn't work, after this whole elaborate instructions, what happens if it doesn't work? He should go sit by the road. He should go and take the, go sit by the road, look for an ant that's already carrying something, put in a copper tube, close up the tube with lead, seal it 60 times, shake it and lift it and say, uh, Your load is on me. Obviously, whatever the ant is carrying him, he can handle. And my load, my sickness, should be unto you. Maybe somebody else had already did that trick on the ant, and now you're going to get that other person's sickness. Rather say to the ant, my load and your load is on you. And if that also doesn't work, now we're getting desperate over here. We're moving this up to a different level. If, uh, if this didn't work, Lishko Kuzakavata, take a brand new pitcher, Valeva Nahara, go to the river, Valemele Nahara Nahara, Kuzakamaya, La Urcha, the Ikoli, Lahadesha, Ulahadar, Jabzini, Aureke, Lashadna, Hure, Valemele Nahara Nahara, Shako Mai, Yahavasli, the Urcha, the Ikoli, Biyami, the Ikoli, Li Biyami. Also, Biyami Azal. He should go to the river, fill up a jug, and say to the river, Lend me a jug of water for the guest who will come to me. Turn it around his head seven times, pour out the water over the ba- around the back of him, and say, "River, take back the water that you gave me because the guest that came to me on this day and left on its day, take to the guest which is Huna." Very interesting. Amr of Huna, Huna said, depends on the fever. Ishta Tilta says on the top of Samach Zayin for a type of fever which comes once every three days, Lysi Shiva Silve Shiva You should take seven thorns from seven decals, seven palm trees, and seven eggs from seven, uh, seven pieces of seven beans, the Shiva Sikhim seven pieces of seven edges. Shiva Katiti Mishiva Tanguri and seven uh, hinges, uh, uh, seven types of ashes from seven uh, ovens, the Shiva Atu Mishiva Sanuri and seven types of dust, the Shiva Kaitri Mishiva Ali, the Shiva Baini Kamoni, the Shiva Baini Medikna, the Kaaba, Saba, the Kalala, the Beit Savara, Benera Baka, and seven types of tar from seven of boats, seven. Seven heroes from an old board and tie it to his neckline of his, 
of his uh, shirt and with a thread up here. Gemara will continue tomorrow with more phenomenal remedies for those who are looking for an understanding of the Talmudic uh, era medicines. But who knows? Uh, good question. Good question. Maybe there's a for coronavirus somewhere.